Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, uh, episode 430 in the house. Oscar Lopez, followed by Mark Simone in the second hour. Coach, the return of Coach Terry Lister. Also, the return of Nate Ward in the second hour as we're talking WNFC, WFA playoffs, plus the final of the Nine Cup. We're also going to dive into Canada and the Maritime, the Central uh, Women's uh, Football League as well. And if you're at the Hub, you got everything going on there, plus the WWCF, uh, WWCFL final, Saskatoon taking on the uh, Red Hot Manitoba Fearless this season. That's going to be an awesome classic. So we're going to dive into the second hour exclusively women's tackle football, everything that you need to know right there in the second hour with the Oracle of women's tackle football. That would be Mark Simone, a.k.a. the backseat coach, plus Coach Terry Lister and your X-League fix with uh, X-League insider Nate Ward. So awesome uh, two hours jam-packed of the Blitz. Welcome aboard. We're also going to have two amazing guests in the first hour. Uh, We're going to have Lindsey Cash of the L.A. Black Storm as they took on the Austin Sound. So she's going to give us a little lowdown of what happened in Austin, not the outcome that they wanted starting off the blocks. Uh, what an impressive outing by uh, the uh, Austin Sound. Shout out to our no-joke football athlete, uh, Anna Garza, as well. A nice showing out there in her debut with the Austin Sound this past weekend. Uh, so, And then we're going to dive into also uh, Thelma Banks, of the Derby City Dynamite, uh, the owner of the Der- Derby City Dynamite, and her uh, clash with the Baltimore Nighthawks in D2 coming up here already. Uh, so we're going to dive into the WFA Round 2 battle, uh, whether she, uh, her team can get to Canton, just like they did last year in D3, to represent uh, the D2 WFA Round 2 battle. So uh, two awesome guests. Uh, then we'll be here in about 45 minutes. Got Lindsay here in about 15 minutes. Uh, but in the meantime, just an amazing uh, time to be part of women's football. North America is uh, just an amazing time right now. North America, in terms of Canada and the U.S., we got the WNFC Nine Cup Final. All the details are at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. That is the place to be. That is the best network on the planet, bar none. We are just um, thrilled that we have almost uh, 10,000 K on um, Facebook almost 7,000 on IG. If you follow our IG stories, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know everybody's been uh, go- going to our IG stories there, and there's a lot of women's tackle football accounts that we network with, and from uh, UK to uh, the States to Mexico to Europe to uh, Australia, uh, all those accounts, uh, they feed us information. So you got daily stories there. You can check out every day in terms of what's going on in the sport worldwide. So really, really awesome. So thank you for everybody to bump us up on there. Thanks for subscribing on our podcast as well. Uh, we're trending up to 200 in Europe. We're close to almost 350 in the States, a little harder to penetrate in the States because we've got so much NFL content that you got to kind of battle through. 
But overall, thanks, everybody, for following, sharing, liking us, and, and doing everything possible to bring attention and awareness to women's tackle football. So this week it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, we got Austin Sound debut. So the only way we can get it is on FanPass. And uh, thanks to uh, Afición Vaquera, uh, one of our network partners in Mexico, they were able to uh, live, do a live stream, and you can catch it right there at the hub of the Austin Sound versus the LA Black Storm. Uh, and that was in Spanish, of course. But if you're, you know, bilingual, you kind of got a really good taste of the action there as well as a, a live sit-in in terms of what happened in the game. If you're an uh, X-League fan, you can also get a fan pass on the uh, X-League site, and I believe it's uh, $69, plus you get two tickets of your choice to attend one of the games uh, league-wide, nationwide. So uh, you just have to email them and send them some info, and you get your free tickets, especially coming up here with Chicago and Atlanta. You're also going to get L.A. Black Storm here, I believe, in August. So we're going to talk to Lindsay Cash about that. Maybe you can get a ticket to go to that game and uh, support her in Southern California. Uh, but uh, what an amazing uh, week of women's tackle football. So we're going to give the rundown right now. Uh, there was a, an actual international friendly. Uh, XFFL out of Texas was taken on the All-Stars from FADET in Tamaulipas, Mexico. Uh, those, uh, you get the highlights right there, all the still photos from the event that happened on, I believe, June uh, 18th. So check it out there. We also have the update of the uh, Central Canadian Women's Football League, uh, Montreal Bliss, plus the, the other two teams that are in contention, which is uh, the capital, I believe, Rebels as well. So get all the lowdown right there, up to date on the, I believe, six weeks of the, of the season. Right there, CCWFL Action from Canada. I, their playoffs should start in about a week or two here, so we'll be covering those. The uh, Maritime uh, semifinals are complete. So the final two teams standing, obviously St. John Storm uh, versus Halifax Explosion, and that's going to take care uh, take um, take place, I believe, in a week from now. So uh, St. John, multiple-time champions. Halifax, also a top a top-level team in Maritime. So those are the two teams that are be on the final up in Canada. Uh, the WWCFL final is here. Uh, the Saskatoon Valkyries will uh, one more time be in the final championship, uh, kind of a staple franchise in the WWCFL. They are basically the best team in terms of Canada, um, and it is going up against Manitoba. Manitoba is a very unique story. Um, Lisa Cummings will have here in a, probably in a week or two. She's the founder of the Manitoba uh, Girls Football Association in Canada. Uh, she was really instrumental in um, creating that program that became a feeder system for the Winnipeg-Manitoba area, which includes the, uh, the Winnipeg Wolfpack plus the, the Manitoba Fearless. And those uh, athletes are now in the Manitoba Fearless roster, and it's showing uh, the importance of it is to have a feeder system, youth feeder system, just like uh, they're trying to create in Utah with Sam Gordon, uh, and it creates this team. So it's an interesting dynamic final for the WWCFL as it returns from a two-year hiatus. Um, the big time, multi-time, the juggernaut, which is, you know, the, the big dog, Saskatoon taking on a red-hot, young, enthusiastic, uh, Manitoba fearless squad that has been playing lights-out ball all season. Uh, they took care of business against Calgary, 15-6. to They edged the Calgary Rage uh, in this past weekend, while the Saskatoon Valkyries just demolished the Edmonton Storm, 52-0. to So, it's going to be a, a kind of a perspective of two different two different programs. One is a staple, understands how to win, a multi-time champion, very good roster, good coaching staff, 
a core culture there of championship pedigree. The other trying to establish what Saskatoon uh, has done over the years. Uh, Saskatoon's main rival has always been the Regina Riot. That's the only other uh, team that obviously uh, has done anything in terms of winning championships in the WWCFL in the breaks between the Saskatoon uh, dominance. So it's going to be interesting to see how Manitoba, the young bloods of Manitoba, Lisa Cummings' little uh, pedigrees, uh, are going to take on this huge monster that is the Saskatoon Valkyrie. Uh, so uh, you get the uh, predictions. Uh, we're going to dive into it with uh, Mark Simone in the second hour. We'll get you the prediction as well. Uh, heavy favorites here would be Saskatoon. I, I think if you're talking Cinderella story, we all want Manitoba to kind of pull the upset here, and that would be awesome uh, for the WWCFL as well. Um, and then, you know, it's for the program itself in terms of having another team besides Regina on the uh, other side be a com- as competitive as possible. So uh, Calgary improved much this year. Shout out to our Nojo football athlete, Lisa Gomes, who played a really great game out there. Alia Kamali as well was out there in Canada as well, uh, playing uh, dual, dual for uh, Denver Bandits and the Calgary Rage. Um, so really, really awesome uh, uh, job that both of them did this season. So looking forward to this WWCFL championship final uh, coming up here on June 25th. So this weekend is literally uh, women's football playoff weekend uh, with the WNFC weekend starting on the 24th through the, through the 26th. And then you got the WWCFL in Canada. You also have the uh, Maritime that's going to come up here, I believe, this weekend or next weekend. Uh, we also have the WFA playoffs round two this coming weekend. Uh, looking at Boston, very intriguing matchup that will be, and we're going to dive into it with uh, Mark Simone as well. But what a, what a clash of clashes. Boston, Pittsburgh, they met in season. This is an opportunity. Young quarterback taking on legendary quarterback, uh, Allison Cahill, as well. So really, really uh, interesting to see how that's going to change out. You also have on the other side, Minnesota, who took down Nevada of, uh, to get to um, – face Cali War. Cali War uh, with Wiggins and company overcome Arlington. So they're going to be matching up in that, in that aspect too. So a repeat of the WFA Pro uh, Championship, the first uh, Hall of Fame final is in the maybe what will come about, or are we going to see the upsets here? Will Cali on the road take down Minnesota? Is Pittsburgh good enough to take down Boston? That is uh, what we're, we're worried about, or we want about uh, want to see about. Uh, then Houston, we thought we saw Coach uh, Brian Wiggins here last podcast 420 uh, 429. We also had him on here, I believe, in uh, a podcast 425, talk about the Houston Energy and their opportunity to take on the Mile High Blaze for the right to go. Uh, so he was really excited about that, and Houston Energy really really important about that. In about 40 minutes or so, 30 minutes, we're going to have Thelma um, Banks. And she's going to dive into this Derby Baltimore Nighthawks matchup. Uh, teams, um, two two different perspectives here, and two different levels. Derby winning program in D3 last year as the champs. Now coming in here, pulling pulling in Nevada Storm type mentality, which they want to get to the D2 level and win that championship. Baltimore has fought very hard to get here through a D2 t- tough schedule uh, and a D1 pro schedule. So they're uh, somewhat battle tested. Can they overcome and finally reach uh, their, you know, their opportunity to go to Canton? So it's a very important matchup in terms of the D2 scope of round two in the WFA. We're also going to dive into D3, Capital City versus Carolina. 
We're also going to do uh, Arizona versus OKC. Interesting uh, dynamic there. So we're going to go into the huddle. And don't forget, you guys, uh, our podcast is sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. You can get props right there. There's no more NBA. But get ready for the NFL season. So it's another uh, 60 days. Get into the NFL season. Do our more or less platform. Go right there. You can also do MMA, PGA. There's a lot of other sports that you can do. Get a $5 free play on us. Go to Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF to get started, and you get yourself into the mix for MMA, PGA. I know I'm doing MMA because it's pretty awesome this coming weekend. you got 12 fights. So check it out, monkeyknifefight.com. Uh, use the code NJF to get started. We're going to go into the Monkey Night Fight huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented Lindsey Cash of the L.A. Black Storm in a second. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. And don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight and get the $5 free play on us. If you can uh, do the more or less platform, you can double, uh, triple your money. So if you get the prop right, you're going to get $15 on us. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF today. Let's bring in the talented Lindsey Cash back to the podcast. Let's talk about X-League 2022. Lindsey, how's it going tonight? It's going well, Oscar. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm hanging out. I'm watching uh, – the X-League action on Fan Pass, which was pretty cool uh, the last two weeks. So we got to see Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City against Chicago uh, down to the wire ball game. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that game was really good. I didn't expect it to go, you know, OT and be tied up. Um, so that was, like, exciting. And, you know, we were hoping to push the same kind of numbers on the scoreboard as they did. But, um, yeah, the fan pass is actually pretty cool. Um, I think it's really, you know, for a first-year um, product, I think they do the live stream pretty well. Uh, you know, the announcer got my name wrong on a couple things. But, you know, there's kinks that still work out. But as far as, like, the quality, I think it's really cool, and it's just cool that fans have the opportunity to watch it in real time as opposed to, like, waiting a week, you know, so it kind of takes that mystery away. And, you know, it if you do live in the States or within, you know, kind of driving range, it's nice that you do get kind of two tickets for that trade-off too as well. And it's like 10 bucks a game. So it's cool. Well, uh, um, Lindsay, it was a kind of a, an interest, interesting atmosphere in, in Austin uh, because the, uh, the acoustic was a really good solid team in the former LFL. And uh, obviously Michelle Angel brings a lot to the table, but they, they got so many, so many playmakers on that. It's just ridiculous. You know, you got uh, bills and, Daniels and I mean just just a lot of a lot of talented players on on that squad. So there was a challenge there. Um, I did catch the interview uh, with uh, Mitchell and Mariah, and obviously that that was one of the things that we all uh, you know saw on the on the broadcast as we we're watching the game. Just the fact that I think LA was uh, just you know too young. I think that's the bottom line. And and this is our first game, like you said, working out the kinks. That's what Mariah said. Do you feel like that's the case right now, uh, you know, based on the loss? Uh, I do, definitely. Um, You know, I like how she kept it positive. We do have a ton of just first-time footballers. And, um, you know, Austin, shout-out to their coaches. They do a good job of recruiting, and I know they've done a good job of recruiting, you know, people with experience from, like, Mexico and just a few other teams and you know, Cassandra Bills wasn't even going to come back up until, like, what, like two months before the game or something. So 
um, just to kind of fill in those positions was like key for them. And then what I admire that their team did was they actually had like two full scrimmage games prior to our game. You know, they had that one in Mexico where they went full out. Mm-hmm. Um, Mini only played the first half, and then they had their second string in the second half. And then um, the weekend before our game, they did a orange and white scrimmage uh, with each other and had fans come out and stuff. So I think little things like that definitely help set a team up for success, and their coaches did a good job of kind of preparing them for that. And, you know, they do have a lot of girls that have played, like, arena football before. So, um, you know, now that our girls have kind of experienced that, it's like shifts your mindset. So I'm excited to see everyone at practice again and just kind of see how it really makes them elevate, but more so than elevate, like understand their assignment. Cause sometimes when you're new, you're not sure why you're doing something. And then like when it happens in battle, you're like, Oh, I get it. That's what coach was talking about. So um, yeah, I do think a little bit of inexperience and um, they just had a little more preparation than us. So. Lindsay, uh, what did you take away from the game personally yourself uh, to work on at this point? since it was the first, you know, the first game out? Yeah, for me, it was, you know, watching myself on film. Um, so, like, prior to the season, about a year ago, I was riding my bike to train. I'm a trainer at the gym, and I was actually hit by a Jeep. So that kind of, like, threw off a lot of my preparation because for about a year and some change, I was, like, pretty injured and lost a lot of my strength and had to, like, build it back mm-hmm. up. So I noticed I wasn't as fast as I had been before and that I could get a little better on, like, my explosiveness. But one thing that the injury kind of shifted for me was, like, it had me train differently, and so I really performed, like, a lot of, like, movements that helped build my micro muscles and up. So, like, I am, like, extremely strong, like, compared to what I was. So I had that advantage there, and I was, like, happy to see that with, like, my jams. Um, I came up a little high on some tackles, so – you know, just fine-tuning little things, um, dropping a few more pounds and just getting a little faster is going to be what I'm going to kind of, like, focus on and what I saw on safety. I was a corner the last, you know, first two years I was in arena ball. And so now being a strong safety and a safety, I really like that position. I played soccer my whole life. So I'm really good at, like, tracking the ball. And then I love hitting people. So um, just coming in and trying to, like, fill the gap. So, uh, and then just um, on some toss plays, I noticed that I could kind of do a little better of just containing the outside with my corner. Um, sometimes I get a little eager just to hit someone, and I let that fullback kind of draw me in. Or, you know, the toss happens like, you know, it was like the first or like the first series. I don't know if you've ever seen it. That's kind of the play I'm referring to. So yeah. just some takeaways for myself, getting faster, a little more explosive, and um, just containing a little better. But I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, regardless of the outcome. Now, Lindsay, uh, Mar- uh, uh, Marissa, first first time. She's got an arm. Kind of reminds me of Salerno's arm in a lot of ways. She does have that potential to light it up and get it out there. Oh, um, yeah. I just don't see the right receiving core yet in terms of what, you know, t- the back in the day temptation had. So is there? you think that's going to be mechanics that have to be worked out? But she does have an arm. She did have time to throw. She was rushed at a couple of times, but most of the time she did have uh, time to throw. So do you think that that's going to get better? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's only up from here. And I've watched her work for the last, like, three years. And honestly, like, what we put out there isn't, like, how we practice. So it was a little kind of, like, shocking to a lot of us, too, as well. You know what I mean? But um, I will say for, like, timing and chemistry – 
we can improve on that a little better, and that is definitely something, like, the team is going to work on, you know what I mean? And, uh, I like, she's got an arm. She's got an accuracy. Um, I think a lot of it was, like, also, like, there was some, like, late hits. So, like, even though she had already thrown the ball because she had, like, some time, like, just taking those hits over and over can just kind of start to, like, wear you down, you know what I mean? So um, I think now that she's kind of aware of that, it changes it. And then, like, you're not as worried next time because you're kind of more – you build up that confidence, you know what I mean? So this was an important game. It had to happen. And, you know, I was kind of just sharing with her, like, look at how, like, some of the greats started. You know, Tom Brady didn't start and have his best first game of the season, but he turned out to be, like, one of the most top quarterbacks ever. So it's just a part of the journey. And, um, you know, it's not a loss. It's a lesson. She's a really hard worker, um, one of my good friends, and I know, like, now, after all that, she's probably more determined than ever. Um, we were, like, getting with some of our receivers and stuff, but there was a lot of, like, fatigue that kind of played into all of us during that game, um, being flown in and not fed along those lines. So I think that definitely played a little factor because, like, after some reps, you know, it starts to get gassed out. Our receivers over there running 40-yard dashes, dang near. Um, but I'm excited. Like, there's only, like, room to grow from there for everyone. And like I said, like, this was a game – that made us work out our kinks. You know, Austin had two games before us, so I would hope that they would have the advantage, you know, having had worked out those kinks and, you know, got their chemistry and timing down twice. So um, wish we would have had that, but, you know, now we do. So we're kind of excited for, like, the next game, you know, and we know what we need to work harder on too. Now the, the first half somewhat, uh, you know, okay started, and it wasn't so bad, but the second half it kind of got away. Uh, they did – they were able to shut down Mariah pretty well in terms of the run game as well. So uh, at this point, I mean, that's one of your playmakers. That's something that has to be basically a focus point because uh, the ball, airing the ball out in this, in this league, it's literally interception happiness, right? So you got front uh, free safeties eye in the ball. So, so you have to kind of balance it out a little bit, especially if you're playing Seattle's and the Matheny's uh, kicking Matheny's are out there as well. So uh, what do you think you guys need to do to change up to just, get that W at uh, at home. Yeah, I mean, you're right as far as, like, it's the game itself for any team and just arena style is a definitely an interception, like, happy type of game. Our safety, like, my other safety, Samaya, she almost got a couple interceptions. And then, you know, my girl Cindy got one. Um, you know, so it's part of the game. It happens. But I will say, like, with in regards to Mariah, we haven't played – uh, arena ball in two years and the turf that we practice on um, in our neighborhood is different than the turf we played on there and if you watch warm-ups the cleats she had she was slipping the entire time so she literally had no grip out there and that makes you run mm-hmm. different but more importantly like it takes away your traction and so that no. was just kind of like something that was like and Marissa went through the same thing too and we have one other player you know so everybody's ordering new shoes and we're bringing second pair of options because that was something that kind of just really hindered Mariah's game more so. It wasn't like her. It was like just the equipment and then amongst a few other things that kind of went there. So there's a lot of things that we got to like reevaluate when it comes to like that, right? Just things you don't think you think about like, oh, my shoes on the turf, you know, how are those going to affect me? So, yeah, I mean, just holding the blocks a little better and just kind of, you know, Watching the film, we're probably going to – I know we've all already been watching it, but just continuing to watch the film is what's going to kind of help us improve and get better for that next one. And you're right, like, just being more on point, right? Like, uh, our safeties, like, my, I myself in the first series, I could have intercepted a tip ball, 
you know, I feel like if just a couple of us could have capitalized on those interceptions, you know, that would have helped momentum shift, which also helps morale and, you know, it makes the other team second guess. So, um, man, you know, in hindsight, it throws something. <laughs> and, you know, the game is on this level is, is more fast-paced than even on the 11th. So that's the reason that the fans love it. You know what I mean? The fact that there is an opportunity for a, a quick turnover, right? A quick uh, score, yeah. things like that. So that's why, you know, the X uh, league fans, uh, you know, love the game because of the fact that it's so fast paced and quick and that there's obviously opportunity for, for scoring. Um, what do you say about uh, uh, Angel? Um, I know she got out of the game, get the rookie in there, but, but overall four touchdowns. Um, she is obviously one of the better top quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think that is what probably uh, um, Marissa is going to have to strive for, especially on the West, because it's it's going to be that kind of battle. You got Matheny on the other side as well. So I hope that uh, Marissa can take this and, you know, take the positive uh, of it. She did have a great opportunity for scoring. It was just an opportunity where, you know, the, the ball, like you said, wasn't there yet or it was dropped or it wasn't within the, within the range. But, um, I mean, she does have a cannon. So if, if that, you know, converts – uh, it's, a, it's a totally different uh, ball game for your competitors. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I will say, like Austin's line, their D line should get some good, um, you know, you know, hits in there on our O line a few times, and that kind of had to force the pass, which then, you know, doesn't make it as accurate or this or that. But I think where Marissa's different than Minnie and a few others is like she's very mobile. And she can move in the pocket. Again, she didn't have the appropriate, like, shoes on, too. But, I mean, we did see her score the touchdown. She is able to run the ball. And I think that's what makes her different, a little more elusive. And when she fine-tunes that, it's going to be similar to, like, how Salerno was, right? Like, able to evade and still throw on the run. And you got to remember, yep. like, you know, we all did train with Ashley for a while. So, we, we learned a lot from her. And, um, you know, Marissa's worked with a lot of, like, quarterback coaches. So I know her game will evolve, right? She's still, like, learning herself as a quarterback. And not only that, but, like, learning the team, you know. We've had some personnel changes as far as, like, you know, coach throwing in, um, you know, a cup for, like, some plays, like a few different people that maybe, like, didn't usually pay wide receiver or, like, were in some plays, like, at practice. So it was also, like, adjusting to those things on the fly, too, as well, you know, that kind of, like, make things go not as smooth as they should. But I'm excited to see her grow. And, you know, I know Minnie is a good quarterback. She has experience. But from watching film and just from being, like, you know, one of the people in the backfield the most, like, she was standing there a lot, you know. And I think that's something that our defense can capitalize because I'm confident, like, we're going to see them again in playoffs. I don't know how the whole playoff bracket's going to go. The league hasn't really talked about it. Are they going to do, you know, east, west? Is it just top four, however it is? But, you know, uh, given it's just a two-game season, Let's say Kansas City's already out. Um, I would predict like Seattle, us, Austin, and Atlanta would probably be those final four. So, um, you know, I'm Marissa's definitely going to be a different quarterback when we see Austin again, and I think we'll be more prepared. My other team will be a little more prepared for like Minnie too as well. You know, but she's a good quarterback. She's got experience. Um, she's got a mouth on her too. So. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> hey, you gotta be, you gotta have that personality, especially as a leader. I mean, you can't, you can't just be, sh- you know, shy about it, especially if you're leading. Oh, yeah, and in yeah. this league, it's somewhat encouraged, anyways, right? It's just oh, an encouragement. Encouraged. To have it out there, you get the soundbite. I'm sure you saw. And really put it out there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it was just funny. There was a moment we were in the right, like, like you know, you just got to get in the people's head. I'm not like a shit talker when I'm out there. Um, I like to show sportsmanship, but I like to have fun and maybe like fuck with people every now and then. Or you got to get in the quarterback's head. So it was like uh, they had just scored a touchdown. It was um, extra point, air in the red zone. It's press. It's first down. Nothing can happen. They can't move up any further. Like, they can't get any more first downs, right? So, like, I just started, like, she's doing her snap count, and I just started, like, saying some stuff. Like, I was just kind of saying, like, a few things. It kind of sounded similar to the snap count, but it, like, wasn't. But I had my mouth guard in, so it's distorted. And um, uh, she, like, paused the whole game and made the refs call a flag. And I'm like, first off, like, how are, how are the refs just letting her dictate the game? But then she, like, walked up to me, and she was just like, oh, you, you're real smart, huh? You're so football smart, like, over there, like, kind of whatever. And I was just laughing in my head because I'm like, yeah, if you think about it, I am smart because you can't go any further than this, and it's still first down after that penalty. We could do this all day, but I got you out of your rhythm. So I won that battle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like to see that. Huh? I, I, that's a fun part. Yeah, uh, yeah. You <laughs> Cash know? versus Angel. That 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 I yeah, gotta see. My, I gotta see more of that. My wrestling background, you know, kicks in. You know what I mean? I gotta entertain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and she and she doesn't she doesn't back down either. Uh, she's got a no. <laughs> she's got vocal on. She's, she's usually vocal the first as well. So. Step up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I think I thought it was a really good learning experience. I mean, the outcome wasn't great because, like I said, it was kind of like their team was just kind of dialed in, as you mentioned. Yeah. But I think the fan Dude, experience was there. Coaches. No, truly, truly, I totally get it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a lopsided type of uh, environment that happens in the outdoor game too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. two coaches on I one sideline and they you got like twelve on the, the other. They headphones. Yeah, they have headphones on the sideline. They got people in the booth, eyes in the yeah. sky. You know, they're a well-oiled machine. So it's like shout out to their franchise yeah. for setting all that up. You know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's it's what it is. It's it's the cart you're yeah. dealt with, I guess, to overcome. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, what do you think of what do you think of the uh, the fanfare there at H uh, H E B? Was it was it pretty cool? I mean, what, what how many fans were there? I think there. I, I looked at it. and I think it was maybe close to two thousand. If I want to say, I was trying to like gauge on it, but I don't know if that's even accurate. Yeah, they did like so. They did like half arena this time, and I think they were probably doing that more for like because they're doing a live stream, so it's a little sure. different camera angles. So that was cool because it kind of like it made everybody like all together versus like spread out. But I was excited sure. to go back to Austin because I remember playing in the LFL. And when we went there, it was freaking packed, like our arena is. And then they were just, like, really rowdy fan base, um, you know. And I remember them booing us when we came in then, and they booed us when we came in now. But surprisingly, like, we do have a lot of, like, L.A. Blackstorm fans in Texas, and we had some that were in Texas during that time and came to the game. And then we have a few players that are from Texas who had, like, a big crowd going. So, and then just being there, like, you know, a lot of people just are, like, universal fans. You know, they're, of course, they're from Texas, but they just support the whole league and team. So um, I really enjoy, like, the Austin fans. They're fun. Um, you know, they can say talk, they talk shit, you know, but they make it fun to just kind of, like, give them a show. And then at the end, you know, I, like, I stay after at the end. And, like, regardless if they have Austin sound shirt on or not, like, I thank them for their support and just appreciate them coming. So, there was a good amount of people there. Um, I mean, we want to promote tough, so we have more at our stadium. But um, I definitely like Austin's fan base, and it's cool that they have such a supportive one. And I appreciate everybody who came out for the game to support because um, it just adds to the atmosphere and the environment, you know? Now, uh, Lizzie, let's talk about a, a, a tire. 
totally different attire, um, you know, baby shorts, basically. Uh, but you guys have the full padding this time around, where in the past you didn't have the padding or a foam, uh, foam shoulder padding. Uh, was that something to get used to for you guys or for yourself or your teammates and stuff like that, wearing that padding or the actual full, full gear sh- shoulder padding? Uh, well, we wear it at practice. So that was always, like, peculiar about it before, going from, like, full pads, and then in the game we're kind of, mm-hmm. like, you know, with the styrofoam rugby style. So um, I don't th- – I mean, a lot of girls didn't know the old to the new, so I think it was normal for them. I enjoyed it. I think everybody enjoyed, like, having the tops the way they were. You know, the shorts didn't, like, bug us mm-hmm. too much. But, I mean, we would have – we could have used a few bigger sizes, some of us. But um, I – I love to wear, like, knee pads and rib pads and, short, like, all that. So, like, I was, like, stocked up. I had, like, three layers of paddings on. So that did get kind of hot because, <laughs> you know, with the old uniforms, you don't really wear all that extra stuff. So having that on, it did make it a little hot, but I feel like it helped um, allow me to play more without taking so many nicks and bumps. You felt less. And then the shoulder pads, I really enjoyed that because, like, just cracking people, um, you felt like you had a lot of protection there. So that was nice. I will say the helmets, um, I was on the ground after tackling a play, and then a ever-so-nice Austin player decided she was just going to drop her knee right on my face. And it went right under my visor on my cheekbone. It felt like my cheekbone was about to fracture. And that's where, I don't know if you saw in the game, you see me kicking Jim Brown's daughter. It's Kimberly Brown. Yep. And I thought she was yep. the Austin girl. And she was like, it's me, it's me. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But the girl that was right next to us that gets up from kneeling, she was the one that after the play that just dropped her knee straight into my face. So um, I don't know if you saw Marissa's uh, face guard. I see why she has that now. So to be a little more yeah. face protection is, I think, what we were all looking for. Because, like, some girls had, like, fat lips, scratches, you know, because often they, uh, they're a little, little feisty and uh, we don't sure. back down. But – as far as, like, the uniforms, um, the top part with the shoulder pads, amazing. Um, shorts, I didn't mind them. Just wish, like, the the hip part, the waistband was a little little bigger. But other than that, like, um, it was a cool transition. Uh, we still had, like, with our uniforms in the back, you remember the old, like, LFL, like, sports bra bikini style tops? Mm-hmm. So those still came with our uniforms. Um, I don't think anybody no. wore them underneath. But I was just wondering, like, oh, like, is this – did he order this? Because maybe, like – you remember the year we – like, the LFL wore pants, and then towards yeah. the end it switched? So I was wondering if yeah. maybe, like, the same thing would, like, happen in the future with us, and that's why they had it. Or if it's just the same company and that's just what comes with the uniform. But um, it was cool. I liked the bright purple. I had a few people say, like, in the lights and on TV, they wish they had seen our numbers a little more because, like, the Austin numbers super stood out. So I'll be interested to see our home team jerseys with the black and purple, and hopefully those numbers pop out a little better. But um, it was fun. It was, it was a cool change, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I like got it? a lot of feedback from the – I got a lot of feedback from some of the players where the bottoms are not super fitted. So that's uh, yeah. also a problem, you know what <laughs> I mean? So I don't know if that's something where it needs to be, you know, addressed at the league level. Where I think I, I don't even I don't even know if do you guys send sizes to the league or is it just one size fits all and you guys just gotta it's milk just, your milk your way into this bodysuit? Essentially, yeah, just they just show up. Um, yeah, there's like there's 20 uniforms. I think there's like you know seven like probably like six small, seven medium, and like six uh, or you know however many uh, large. Sure. And it's just kind of like placed there, and then 
you have to like trade like based off whatever you get under there or if you like it's the locker room first you just have to like trade like oh you need a small I need a large or this or that but you know some girls still need it or some girls prefer to have it a little bigger you know so yeah I wish like they got our bottom sizes you know but that's why some of us wore like shorts under ours just to try to like help that but um you know we're work in progress no, I'm just saying because I mean you would think at this point that would be the priority, right? To get the 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 attire correct, because then it's just like just football playing football. You don't have to worry about any intangibles behind it. So, but you know it is an upgrade. Yeah. I will tell you that, especially you know coming from the LFL infancy days. So it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, it's an option and upgrade at this point. If they bring the bottoms with that top uniform, uh, could be a game changer because that's it's going to be a, a totally different uh, mindset. You know, and it's going to look uh, a lot more. Uh, it's going to look different than arena men's style of play, which is traditional, um, you know, bottom and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see what kind of changes or feedback the league takes and from you guys in terms of, you know, what's more comforting to play in, because that's the bottom line is you have the more comfortable you're, you know, you're, you want to play in the better performance you're going to have on the field and, and, and have that happen. Um, I, I really appreciate fan pass. Uh, it wasn't, it's not too expensive. It's like 70 bucks. So it's really cool. Um, I didn't think yeah. it was, you know, that big of a deal. So if you're an LFL fan, I mean, 70 bucks is not that big of a deal. And then you get the free, uh, when they threw in the two free tickets, I mean, that's just in itself. And when you start thinking about how the ticket prices add up, I mean, so literally it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good deal to have. So yeah. um, if you guys are going to be in Southern Cal, make sure you guys are, uh, hook up our girl, Lindsay Cash and show up at the stadium. And, uh, can you give a, give the fans the details on, uh, your next game? Yes, we would love to. I mean, so our next game is the Los Angeles Black Storm. It's going to be August 13th at Champion Stadium in Irvine, California. It's at a new facility called Greater Park. It used to be an old military base back in the day, and it's really huge, and they have like a giant air balloon there you can ride. And there's a soccer team called the Orange County FC that plays there. So it's a cool, like, outdoor, half-indoor arena um, with some cool lights. So I'm excited for everybody to come there. And it should be a little closer for a lot of L.A. people to get to than the Ontario location. I know we had a lot of fans out there. So if you can make the drive and if you're ready to support, we super appreciate it. August 13th, Champion Stadium, Irvine, California. I believe the game is on a Saturday. And it's probably at about 7 or 8 p.m. If you do get the fan pass, you get two tickets. You just have to email the league, and um, they'll let them know your name you want it, and they'll leave it for you under roll call. But we are playing, quote-unquote, as the Kansas City against Arizona in July. So we kind of get to see Arizona before we see Arizona. And word on the street is an old friend of ours is their quarterback. But we'll see. So you guys are uh, marrying the uh, uh, Atlanta Empire? To substitute for the Kansas City team, you yeah. said it was July. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, yeah, July seventh, July fifteenth. It's a Friday in Arizona. We'll be playing as the July Kansas 15th City in Arizona. Four. Okay. So you guys yeah. are doing the same thing the uh, the Empire did uh, against uh, yeah. Chicago. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I know that was it. I know that was an issue that we we uh, talked about. I think in the last couple podcasts. I think it was last uh, our last podcast. We talked to Ashley. McCarron, who was yeah. supposed to be the the quarterback for the quarterback, uh, the right? force yeah. and, and everything else that happened there. So, uh, so the league's basically just kind of uh, altering it to uh, just make the the whole season happen, minus that one team that did not obviously uh, suit up as as expected. 
Um, Arizona should be yeah. interesting uh, in, in terms of what's going to happen there. So that'll be nice. Uh, and actually you get an, kind of an extra game in a, in a lot of ways, right? In, in, yeah, in terms of having two games in the next game. Extra game. <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, awesome. Uh, look, looking forward to the matchup uh, at the home game in Southern Cal. So if you guys don't follow uh, Lindsay Cash, follow Lindsay Cash on IG. She's got cool stories out there. Uh, she's also have her, her wrestling journey as well. So she can check out that as well. Um, so uh, anything I didn't mention, Lindsay, that let the fans know about the upcoming uh, home game? Um, no, I think you covered it all. We just appreciate your support. You guys are welcome to bring signs and all that fun stuff. Uh, if you do get the fan pass or if you've purchased it, email contact at extfl.com. Let them know what game you want and your name to put it under, and your tickets will be at Will Call for you August 13th at Champion Stadium. All right, and, and I know the, you're about uh, to talk about the, the WFA. Oh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, good. I was going to say the, the matchup on August 13th is against? The Arizona Red Devils, so the newest franchise. Arizona Red Devils. Okay. And I yes. think we're going to see Salerno from my, uh, my resources. That's what mm-hmm. I've been uh, – that's what I'm gathering from my resources. Uh, Salerno against Lindsay Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've played safety and corner against her, like, my whole career. So, um, it's exciting. She's a completely different quarterback than Minnie. She's not just going to stand there, you know. She can throw on the run. She can step up into the pocket. She, it's going to be a fun game, you know. You know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And Ashley's a phenomenal quarterback. So, um, interesting to see, you know, what ends up happening there. And we get to see him twice. And what's cool is we get to see him once as someone else and little practice game before the real deal, you know, because we got to win that Arizona game to have that opportunity to be top four to go to playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that per uh, kind of like leading that uh, new franchise down there, uh, it's kind of interesting how this whole uh, year has been kind of a little tossed up, especially with the KC scenario and everything else that's happening. So hopefully, you know, cross your fingers, nothing goes wrong in Arizona in terms of the roster. And then, uh, so it'll yeah. be more of an interesting season in that in that regard. So, uh, Lindsay, appreciate you coming on. Always entertaining and always uh, informative. And uh, you know, the loss, like I said, a lot of a lot of the fans uh, understand that that was that was a tough battle. And so, looking forward to August 13th when you take on the Red Devils in, in Southern Cal. So make sure you go support Lindsay Cash. Follow her on IG. And so uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us the lowdown on the loss and also the, uh, the preview for the next game on your home game. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I love, again, like, thank you for having me. Thank you for sporting women's football. And I just think it's awesome what you do for the community. So keep being you, my friends. And when you talk about the WFA, my pick is for Cali War to win versus the Minnesota Vixens because my teammates are on there, Sherry, Poop, Samaya, Nina, um, Sydney Tiff, so that's what my vote's for. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have a tough battle against Minnesota, but uh, it's it's one of those uh, clashes that they one step to Canton. What an opportunity for them! Right. If they get down Minnesota, yeah. they they get, they get to go to Canton to the Hall of Fame game stadium, which know, is pretty so cool. cool. Yes, thank you so much, Arthur. I appreciate you. All right, take care, stay safe. Uh, looking forward to another chat in the midseason here. As uh, you guys, uh, after the maybe the uh, the August matchup, uh, talk about the midseason stretch of the X League. So I really appreciate you making the time and uh, have a great week. Thank you, you too, and bye everybody. Thank you for the support. I'll see y'all soon. Have a good night. Have a great night.
All right, guys, uh, that was Lindsay Cash of the L.A. Black Storm, uh, and you can follow her on IG, Lindsay Cash on IG, uh, and she's going to be awesome. Uh, her, you know, her team's going to rebound. Like she said, they got that little pregame, preseason game kind of feel. They're going to go up against the Ashley Salerno and Arizona, I believe, in July. Then they're going to come home in August and take, down, uh, take, take care of Arizona as well. So they get to see her twice, one in a prep game and one in a real uh, standings game. So interesting to see how that's going to turn out. Go to uh, X League, get the fan pass right there. It's about 70 bucks, and you get two tickets for the, uh, for the matchups. You just request the matchup in Los Angeles, August 13th, and get your free tickets there and go support Lindsey Cash and the L.A. Black Storm. So pretty cool. So we're going to dive into the next interview here, Thelma Banks, of the Derby City Dynamite as we're talking WFA Round 2 playoffs in a second. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight. That's our uh, podcast sponsor. Get a $5 free play. You can get MMA, PGA. Get ready for the NFL season. More or less is the platform. Uh, get $5 on us. You get a, a prop. In, in the correct manner, you're also going to get $15 if you get it right. So check it out, more or less platform, Monkey Knife Fight. Use code NJF to get started today and get ready for the NFL season as well. So let's bring in the talented Thelma Banks of owner and badass baller of the Derby City Dynamites into the mix here on the Gridiron Blitz. Hi, Thelma. How you doing? Hey, Oscar. How's it going? We're doing great. How are we doing today? Man, hot. It's a little warm here in Kentucky today. Hot. 90 degrees out here in uh, Monterey, Car- Carmel. I can tell you right now, that's just, I, never never that way. It's always 60 to 80, so it's pretty hot also out here. Oh, wow. Yes, I think Normally, it was 97 today. Wow, that's, that's extreme. And, they, and you got humidity, too, so that's even worse, as they say. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so Thelma, I wanted to bring you on. Uh, because you guys are literally the Nevada storm of 2022. <laughs> uh, tough schedule to get through the regular season, but you arrive in the playoffs, and uh, you're taking on this Baltimore team that was battle-tested all year with pro competition and D2. So what can you tell us about this uh, matchup against Baltimore? Well, uh, we're super excited to see a new team this year. Um, we've never played Baltimore before. Um, you know, we did move up to D2 this year, and the season didn't really go the way that we wanted it to go. Um, you know, we had two regular season wins, so really we were 2-0 and zero in the D2 arena. Uh, we lost to the D1 competition that we played, the pro competition, which was St. Louis and Detroit. And we also dropped one to the Capital City Savages. Uh, they came out and played some really good ball. Um, last year, after we ended up winning the championship, we thought, all oh, right, you know, we're moving up to D2. It's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. And then it hit us at the very beginning of the season. We lost like 18 players from last season. So wow. we went out, we hit the streets hard and started recruiting. Um, and, you know, we did a couple preseason scrimmages. We looked okay. Um, and then we went and we lost in Savages. It was a wake-up call. It was like, knock, knock, who's there, you know? So, um we were super nervous, um, and then we started picking up momentum. You know, we met the Columbus Chaos. 
uh, the second game of the season, and we actually won. And that was kind of um, awesome for us because we've never beat Columbus, never in all the years that I've played football. So, um, you know, that was a milestone that, that was really important for not only the team but for me as well. And then, you know, I think that playing the pro teams is definitely is definitely going to help us when we face Baltimore. Um, but we know that Baltimore is coming and they're going to bring it. Now, uh, you're talking about the loss at the beginning. Was that just a, you know, life-changing thing that happened with those 18 players, or was it just something that they just decided they had to move on? Or, I mean, what was the situation there? I mean, that's kind of brutal <laughs> to lose 18 players initially like that. Yeah, brutal was not the word, Oscar. Let me tell you, it was a wake-up call. Um, we had a lot of girls who said, hey, I won a championship. I'm older. You know, I'm ready to, to you know, hang up my cleats. Uh, a couple of them picked up whistles. I do have a huge military standing on my team. Some of them ended up PCSing or moving to a new duty station. Um, we had some who we lost to injury early, early in the season. Um, it was just, it was just a, a mirage of different things as to why they left. But what I can tell you is the rookies that we have picked up this year have been phenomenal phenomenal they are absolute game changers and what's so amazing to me is they actually want to learn and play football yeah and it's going to be it's going to be tough but we thought you were going to miss the playoffs Selma we're all through the season and you know how everybody criticized Massey's (laughs) so I guess the benefit to you was that Massey's gave you the benefit of the fact that you're playing so high a higher competition or equal competition uh, so, you know, everybody, you've seen the Massey, the Massey rant at the end of the season. You've already seen those. Oh, yeah. Um, right? But to, for your team, oh, it's yeah. like, yes, we're in. <laughs> Thank you, Massey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I haven't always been a fan of Massey's. And, I, you know, there's always going to be naysayers and criti- criticism to any system that we use. Um, one thing that I pride myself in, and I know last year when we spoke and um, I spoke on a different uh, couple other podcasts, but I always pride myself in, say, in saying that we believe in playing the best. Um, when it's time for schedules at the very beginning of the WFA season, I always request a couple of D1 or uh, high-ranking D2 teams because there's nothing worse than playing a uh, you know, marshmallow cupcake schedule, getting into the playoffs, and then getting rocked because you're not prepared. So, you know, I requested to play the St. Louis's, and I asked for them twice. I requested to play Detroit. Um, and I believe that it, it makes us a better team in the long run. We will take those bumps and bruises, but, you know, your second wind is invaluable. Yeah, when you do the math, once you understand Massey's in the math, we've talked about it a, a peri, a, you know, m- multiple times, but the fact is the strength of schedule is really the key. And like you said, when you set up your team yeah. for success that way, even though the, you might get a loss during the season, Massey's does take into consideration the opponent and the strength of schedule. So that also benefits you, even if you do take a loss. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah. I mean, a lot of the teams – uh, they go into the griping mode because depending on their region, they don't have that luxury to have a D1, D2 comp- competition. Yeah. And in the end, it really hits them in terms of the, ma- uh, the Massey rating math arithmetics. Uh, so that kills them, you know. So you got a five, a 6-0 yeah. and o team that doesn't make the playoffs, but you got a 3-3 three and three team that does make the playoffs. 
Yes, or two and four like us, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we figured out Matthew a long time ago. Um, you know, when we first when we first started, we were like six and two, and we were missed the playoffs. And I was like complaining, like, what's going on? How come we never make the playoffs? And you know, I sat down, and it's so crazy. And I talked to Tanya from Baltimore, and she explained Matthew to me. And she was like, "You really need to play tougher teams." Um, the tougher your team is and how well they do absolutely affects your strength of schedule, which will help you in the long run. And, you know, that has boded well for us over the last couple of years. So I, I think it's tried and true. Again, you know, this year was the first time, Oscar, I had one of my players come to me and she actually said, you know, I understand why you request those harder teams now. And I was like, you know, what do you mean? And she's like, every year you always request these these headbanger games, you know. And she said, but and I never understood it. She goes, but this year when our when we were two and four at the end of the season, she was like, I see why we take those games, you know. And whether losses, the losses hurt, you know. Regardless of who you lose to, they hurt absolutely. But in that same sense, those teams have sharpened us and made us better, a better team altogether. Our rookies got a wake-up call that very first game when we played the Savages and they ran the ball down our throat. Um, we got a wake-up call and they was like, oh, this is serious, you know. And then when we played St. Louis, um, the very first time, uh, I think, you know, they opened up that passing attack on us and, and we ended up losing, oh, man, I think I think we were within nasty. But when they came to Kentucky uh, the second half of the season, we held them at halftime. The score was 14 to 16, and our girls were elated. Now, second half, they turned on the, the, the Jets, and, you know, they pulled away from us. I think it was third quarter, but regardless, that was that, that's just a testament to how much the team has grown. And you know that's a key to the like, like you said, to understanding how the uh, the Massies really work. Which a lot of people don't dive into them, and they should be able to dive into them if you want to, like you said, be credited uh, within that arithmetic or you know that that it has. Because a lot of people, like I said, they go on just the, the plain schedule, and you're like, okay, well, there's nothing, nothing I can do for it. But reality is, D three, I think, it needs to be addressed in a different manner, anyways, because there's just so many teams where I think it might it does yeah. work for. Um, it does work for D1 and D2 uh, if, if you're mindful, uh, like you said, of the scheduling part. And you're able to get benefit out of yeah. it. Um, Thelma, let me bring in uh, Coach Terry Lister here into the mix just to pick your brain before we let you go. But uh, looking forward to Baltimore and Derby. And this is a an, another stage for you. Um, the Hall of Fame uh, stage was last year. You guys got to see it. So it's really awesome. Let's bring in Coach here and Terry, you on? Yes, yes, sir. All right. So you can pick up Selma's brain here. Welcome back to the podcast. Selma, long time no see. How are you doing? Hey, Terry. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. So when I was looking at your schedule this, this um, year, Selma, and you talked about it already a little bit, I noticed that you had two really close games with Columbus. First yeah. time was 24-22, and then in the rematch – it was 16-14. Both times Derby City pulled it out, but they were very close, which reminds me of yes. the games uh, my team had against Utah Falcons. We beat them 7-6, to six and we beat them 9-7, to seven, but unfortunately we lost to them in the playoffs. So I was just curious, like, 
how how crazy were those games? Because I know the games against Utah were crazy intense, um, like edge of your seat the whole time. Was that how it was, or did you was there like a big lead and somebody came back, or how did those games actually, no, actually play out? It was actually crazy intense, like you said. Um, okay. So one thing that really fuels my team um, mm-hmm. is when people call us dirty. And, you know, that's the running joke around the league. Hey, we're playing Dirty City this weekend. And they had a, somebody go on uh, Facebook, and, and it was kind of um, heartbreaking. And they were like, yeah, this weekend is our military appreciation game, and we're playing Dirty City. And like I was just telling Oscar, you know, my team has a lot, a lot, a lot of veterans and military members. So they took that really offensive. So that really fueled us going into Columbus was like, okay, we're going to show them hard uh, smash mouth football and we're going to play it within the realms of the whistle. So, um, you know, I think we scored first and then they scored and then we scored and they might've scored twice. Like, I mean, it was just, uh, it was a back and forth battle to the very last whistle. Gotcha. Yes. I mean, I wish I could have watched those games because that's like, you know, that's the kind of football people want to watch, honestly. Uh, the back yeah. and forth battles that come down to the end. My other question for you is, um, you know, you've already talked about kind of how this how this season went for you, and and since your strength and schedule was so good, that um, you know helped you with your chances in the play getting into the playoffs. But I was curious since your record in the regular season was two two and four, but you won the championship in D three last year, and then you moved up to B two. Um, how would you compare last year's Derby City team to this year's, or is there no comparison because it's like apples and oranges? Um, it's just like I want to say it's apples and oranges, but it's not yeah. because it's the same coaching philosophy and it's the same yeah. mentality. Um, same it's system. different players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's absolutely yeah. like I like I told Oscar. We lost 18 girls and we recruited, you know, let's say 18. Um, so it, it's kind of apples and oranges, but again, we have that same mentality. Um, we're going to go in and we're going to play football to the whistle, and uh, we're going to do everything that we can legally on the field to to win. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's that's what I figured it was. But when you mentioned earlier that you lost 18 players, I mean that's a lot of players. So, and I'm not yeah. sure how big your roster was last year. <laughs> I mean, D3 is usually the oh my god. I think we came back, Terry, honestly, with about, I would say we came back with about 12 to 13 veterans from last season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I think some of the teams that win all the time, you know, your St. Louis's, your Utah, your Texas elite, your, I mean, just all of the teams that win all the time, Boston, they have continuity. And that's what Mm -hmm. we lack in women's football, um, you know, is, is the continuity piece. Like, I think you can have a really, really good group, a good solid group, but mm. overall in the masses, um, I think that that changes. It changes constantly. Um, here in Kentucky, we are so small. We're fortunate enough when sometimes a team folds, for instance, Indianapolis, uh, the crash folded, and we were able yeah. to pick up two or three of their players, you know, right. or, you know, Somebody, you know, Cincinnati has moved to D4, so one or two of their players may say, well, I'm, I don't want to play on a D4 level, and I live on the Kentucky border anyway, so I'll come and play with you guys. So we're fortunate right. enough to pick up players from different places, but overall just continuity will really help the chemistry and makeup of the team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
so my last question for you is, and I know like you guys are about to play a game, so you're not going to say too much, but what would you, how do you feel about the upcoming game with Baltimore? Because I feel like it's a it's kind of an intriguing matchup. You guys were two and four, but you played a lot of hard teams. Baltimore also played a lot of hard teams. And um, yes. for me, Baltimore surprised me when they played New York because I thought New York was considerably better of a football team. But then the final score was like uh-huh. 14 to 12. And so that, that proved that I was not correct about that. They were pretty evenly matched. And so after that happened, I was like, well, crap. I mean, you know, you can make the argument that Baltimore is a, is a really solid team that just happened to have a really tough schedule. And, and same thing for Derby City. Um, so what I would say to that is, one, I'm nervous as hell for Saturday. <laughs> it's an excited nervous, but I am nervous. Yeah. Um, I know that Baltimore is solid. I know a lot of players on that team. We have watched game film day in and day out, as I'm sure they have with us. Um, yeah. I think that it's going to be a good game. I really do. I mm-hmm. think that it's going to be any given Saturday. You know, we're both going to come. We're going to put our best foot forward. We're trying to fight for a championship or a ride to Canton, the road to Canton. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for their first, uh, you know, champ- national championship as well. So I think it's going to be anybody's game and, and may the best team win. Yeah, I feel that. They have a crazy running back, don't they? Uh, Shay, yeah, Shay yeah, ended up she, getting injured, but they have some other little secret weapons that they're not sharing oh, with everybody, God. but we piece them out. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Is that game going to be streamed anywhere or? It is, it is. So normally if you guys go to our page on game day, we post the okay. official link from our Derby City Dynamite page. Um, gotcha. With all those crazy scammers going on, I hate to post it before right. then because then they'll have stuff that looks like it. Right. So um, we have a guy okay. who, who streams our game on YouTube, and I will make sure that it's posted. And uh, normally I think the WFA also shares those links. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tune in for that. I appreciate you answering questions. Of course. Hey, Terry, make sure you have on your Denver red and black this weekend because we're going to be in red and black, okay? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I can do that for you. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, so Thelma, this is an exciting uh, <laughs> exciting week for you. Uh, I know you guys have been struggling fundraising from some of your posts that you got out there, kind of like, oh, I yeah. guess you want to call it depressing in a lot of ways because you figure it's, you're the only team in the state. You should be able to get some fanfare. I know we, you know, we, we talked about it on the, on the boards and stuff like that, about you know, hooking up with other local teams and, and their events and things yeah. like that. So still an uphill battle for you to just, like you said, have that continuity and and that recruitment stage to where it becomes a little easier to uh, retain. So, but uh, on the football side of things, uh, interesting uh, opportunity for you here. Uh, like you said, Baltimore has uh, really never arrived here uh, because they're always playing that, that East coast swing. Now you guys are here. You guys are one step over and this is kind of like the feel good Nevada story. You know, it's, it's no different than Nevada coming out of little <laughs> Reno. You guys are coming right out of Derby here, um, you know, out of Louisville. And, and so, you know, what, it, what will it mean to you if you do get past this round and you arrive there once again? Man, we were just talking about this at practice tonight, Oscar, and Coach was telling, you know, the rookies and the veterans, this is the biggest game of your life. 
this Saturday's game is the biggest game of your life, you know, until the next one. But this is the biggest thing, the opportunity to play at Kentucky's longest-standing HBCU, Kentucky State University, which was gifted to us um, from another owner um, out of Louisiana has been absolutely amazing. Um, You know, we fought tooth and nail to get a field. Um, We couldn't find anything. Everybody here in Kentucky is on dead period. Uh, We looked over on the Indiana side, couldn't get any support over there. So when we, when we uh, were gifted this field, um, it's just an amazing opportunity. You know, most teams don't even get the opportunity to play on a college field. Um, So that within itself is, is amazing. Um, And then the fact that, you know, we're getting to, one, we're getting to play a team we've never played before, so we can really see, you know, how, how, we, how we fare against other teams in the league, especially outside of our region. And I think they're hungry for it, too. Uh, they've always been able to get to that next level, but never been able to, like, get deep into the uh, playoff rounds. And I think this is an opportunity for them, yeah. too. They're, they're really hyped about it. Uh, they want to represent D.C., given the Divas are not in the playoffs. <laughs> they got knocked out. So yeah. they really want to represent the DMV, right? Come in to take care of business and move on to the next round. So it's a really awesome class here. Uh, impressive season so far, like you said, all the struggles you've had so far. And to be able to arrive here in round two of the WFA playoffs says a lot about you, your coaching staff, and ultimately all the rookies, like you said, they, they put in this time. And, and if you're a rookie on this derby team and you're one step to a national championship, my God, I mean, you don't get that opportunity in any other teams, you know, for years. And now you're like year one, and you're almost yeah. almost going to arrive in Canton, which is huge. Yes, our coach was telling them uh, about that tonight. Um, our quarterback from last year, um, I was just telling them the story when when she came to Canton last year. We kind of did a walkthrough before the game, and you know we kept saying we're going to Tom Benson Stadium, we're going to Canton, we're going to Canton. And when we finally got there and we're doing the walkthrough, she was just standing at the very top of the stadium. Um, and she was standing there, and I walked up behind her after, and I was like, hey, Yvonne, what's up? You know, what, what, what are you doing? And she was standing there crying. And I was like, are you all right? And she was just like, I, I never understood the magnitude of this very moment. You know, she was like, this is, this is uh, I, I, she didn't have words for it, you know. And the rookies are just sitting there looking at her and all because she's such a great player. And they're like, man, if it moved her like that, what is it going to do for me? So that's our goal is to get them there and to keep building, keep stri- uh, striving, keep grinding, and, you know, put K- put Kentucky on the map. That's, that's our biggest goal. Yeah, and it's, 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 a, it's going to be a great uh, clash because I think uh, it's that setting that you just said with the stadium. Um, can you tell the fans where they can dive in? You're going to have the YouTube streaming, but for those fans uh, locally that want to dive into the seats and really watch this matchup, Baltimore Derby, what what do they need to do? Yes. Um, so basically, guys, we'll be playing at K-State University in Frankfort, Kentucky, which is our state capital, right outside of Lexington, right outside of Louisville. Um, you guys can buy tickets at the gate. Uh, we're hoping to fill the stands. Uh, this, this, I promise you, will be uh, just as good, if not better, than the WFA National Championship. This is going to be a clash of the Titans for real. 
and they're uh, they're bringing their purple and, um, and black attire, and you guys are going to be what? Are they in white, or you guys are going to be the, the red and black? Yeah, so they're going to be in white, and we're going to be in all black. Okay. okay. So you guys are in the killer uh, killer bees mentality, the, the the red and black home jerseys, so that's awesome. Uh, Noah, yes. thank you for coming on. Thank you for making the time. I really want to get you on here, so this is a big – big class moment for the WFA round two. And I really wanted to get our audience dive into your, uh, your team uh, into Baltimore and this, uh, this battle that is one step closer to getting you guys to Canton. Thank you, Oscar, for having us on. We always appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Looking forward to that W uh, on this coming weekend against Baltimore uh, and uh, Derby repeating once again to arrive in Canton. So, uh, Wish you well, Thelma. I, I hope you arrive in Canton once again. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Thank you, sir. And you guys can tune in, in on uh, look on the w, the Derby City Dynamite page, and it should be on there. We'll do. Perfect. Good luck. Awesome. Thanks, Oscar. Have a great uh, night. Bye. You too. All right, Terry. There you go. Uh, I just want to bring her on because you know she's a she's a hardworking uh, owner. And uh, in a in a little, you would think Kentucky, such a big state, that they would get some sort of, uh, you know, uh, support in that sense. But she struggled to get support, and that's just uh, so unfair. You know what I mean? It's just so unfair to mm-hmm. have the only team in the state, and you're not getting that support. It's just unfair. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was uh, when I used to be in the WFA. You know, I kind of made my rounds and tried to network and meet a lot of people, and I had the privilege of meeting Selma you know, at the previous WSA championship weekends. And like you said, she's a very hardworking owner. Um, she really puts her heart and soul into the sport and her team. And so I was very happy to see her get a title last year in D3. And I was eager to see how she, she would fare in D2. Um, but to your point, you know, everybody knows Kentucky is a basketball state. And um, that it just is unfortunate for her, her team because – they deserve support. I mean, they deserve notoriety and exposure and all that stuff. And the fact that they, they're not getting enough of it is a shame. So hopefully that changes in the, in the near future. Um, I think if they have sustained success as a football team, that might help. Um, but, yeah, hoping for the best. They deserve it. Yeah, it's going to be a good clash. Uh, Baltimore also, uh, you know, Biden at that, at that point to get to the next stage. And then uh, she's mm-hmm. one of the people, uh, Terry, she said it right there, uh, and let's bring in uh, the oracle of women's soccer football, Mark. She's one of the people that understands Massey. So, she, you know, she, two and four, she knows she was going to get in. That's literally how what she said. She understands how the yeah. Massey works. And the strength of schedule is, it has, to be a, it has to be a priority for her to, to put, you know, some top competition, even if, even if, you, get, even if you lose, right, to so that competition uh, in terms of the algorithm, there's a benefit to you. So, you know, why is a wise choice for her? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, she, she didn't, you know, it's not like she, you know, uh, she just knows intuitively how the Massey's work, you know, <laughs> that's something right. that, that was learned over time. Right. And then this yeah. is how yep. we all learn it. You know? And, um, you know, uh, once you get that figured out and it's time to schedule at, you know, before the, the, the season begins, you know, you, you you seek out competition, and you know I I think she's right. That's you know they want that to be a hallmark of you know the WFA is that 
teams want to pursue competition. And, you know, for, for better or for worse, um, the, how the Massies operate in a way that kind of forces you to seek out tougher competition. Because without it, you don't have as good of a chance of, of reaching the playoffs. And Mark, Trust you made your point that. before on the podcast where you said it's a six-game schedule. So if you only got six games, you really got to dive into how competitive you can make every week in order for the Massies to really consider you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you, if you look at the schedules of, you know, all these uh, uh, Division Two teams, particularly in the East, with Derby City, Baltimore, Columbus, and Tri-State, and they all faced very, very tough competition, um, and that helped them, you know, get their place in the playoffs. And Terry, as a coach, this is this is kind of what you look for, right? Uh, you don't want to play a, a, a cushy schedule for six weeks and and be uh, undefeated, and all of a sudden, it's the competitive nature of it is not good. You're one and out in the playoffs, as an example. But Massey's takes into account obviously some of that some of that competition, and whether you lose you know, by a, a big margin or whether you lose by a, a small margin, it's still going to give you some sort of a mathematical edge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's ironic that we're having this conversation because when I used to coach uh, my former team, the Mile High Blaze, uh, we, that was a big criticism of that team was that we never played anybody, anybody so even though we were undefeated or whatever, we were winning you know, by w- wide margins. It was kind of an asterisk on our record because we weren't playing, you know, a lot of competitive teams. And um, I think I think it was kind of half fair, half not fair, because for us it was a lot about geography. Um, you know, Denver is an awesome mm-hmm. place to be, but it's not close to a lot of major cities. And so you, know, you have Kansas City; it's about eight or nine hours away. Utah; it's about eight or nine hours away. Every everything else is further than that. So, I mean, it's more of a geography geography thing than a you know avoiding competition thing. But what you guys are just talking about reminds me of the New York knockout. How long have they been around? Sure. You guys know? Um, I think they've been around for a... Yeah. What's that? What was the answer? Five seasons. Five? Oh, five, okay. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if they were a newer team or they've been around for a while. But since they, they went undefeated this season, right? That's right, yep. Yeah, and they didn't make the they didn't make the playoffs. So, if they've been around for five seasons, unless they were not good until this season, I feel like they should have known. You know, if they played nothing but D three teams, there's a, there's a chance that might not get them in the playoffs. So I, I kind of I'm kind of curious, like if they weren't a good team until this season, or you know what I'm saying? Because like to what you and what Oscar and Thumb were talking about is kind of figuring out Massey and knowing that it, the more good teams you play the better your chances are. Um, right. My, I guess my, my question is twofold. It's, it's one, does New York know that? Have they been good before? And then two is like when, this, when they're putting the schedule together, how much do teams even have a choice or is it strictly geography? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. That's, I yeah. think that's the problem that we talked about on the previous podcast about how D3 might have to be restructured to Mark's point in a different way because there's just yeah. so many teams that Massey okay. is really a disadvantage for a lot of them. And then you, you throw in that regional factor as you're stating Terry, that there's nothing yeah. you can do. Right. I mean, so yeah. 
D3 might have to be restructured where it works for D2 and it might work for the pro. So that's fine. And once those yeah. those uh, uh, owners understand how to, you know, arrange a schedule that benefits them in that way, I think that's going to be benefit, beneficial. Um, let's get into it right here, guys, because round two, we just talked to Thelma. Uh, prediction here, I'm, I'm taking Derby. I think the, for me, they really want it. They've had a hard season. Baltimore, I think, is good. But Baltimore has to show us that they really, really want to get over the hump because they've always disappointed time and time again. Where Derby knows and understands from last year, how, how, you know what it takes to get there. So for me, it would be Derby. Mark, for you, um, I'm going to give Derby a slight edge. I think it will be a very, very close game. I think it will be close at the end. I, I don't think either team is going to pull away. Um, so I mean, it, it might come down to the fourth quarter before we, you know know who's going to win this game. I think it's going to be close. Terry? Um, I would love to agree with you guys, and I I love Thelma, but um, I'm going to have to go with Baltimore only because, as I stated earlier in the interview, I was surprised at the the score of the New uh, York-Baltimore game. I thought New York would beat them decisively, and they did not do that. The fact that game was so close, I think it was a two-point game, um, tells me that Baltimore is a really solid team. And so I think I I can see it going either way, and I hope I'm wrong because I have no emotional attachment to Baltimore whatsoever. (laughs) But um, I think I'm going to give Baltimore the edge by seven or less. And like I said, Baltimore is really hungry for this. I mean, they've played really good competition, Diva, Pro, D2, uh, they're battle tested, yep. so not, not take anything away from them. Uh, I just think you know Derby understands how they they're one step closer to it. Uh, Baltimore hasn't arrived here, so they really are going to have to you know battle hard, especially in that environment with that college stadium. Now that she just mentioned, could be intimidating. Yep. So I don't know. You know what I mean? You get there, it could be intimidating in in, uh, in Kentucky. Um, we had Coach Brian Wiggins, uh, Mark, uh, Houston, Mile High, uh, and I think uh, I'm I'm taking Houston by an edge. I really think that the that they know what it needs to get done. Uh, they're able to do that. Uh, I think uh, Smooth Lori Jones needs to prove that she can get to that next stage. So uh, it's going to be tough on either side. It should be a competitive matchup, but I'm, I'm giving the edge to Houston. Yeah, yeah my gut is telling me Houston. Uh, again, I, I mean, this is what you want in, you know, a, a conference championship game is, is a really, uh, you know, two very, very close um, opponents. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to um, see Mile High take this. Uh, so I'm. this is just strictly a gut call. I just, I, I'm feeling it for Houston. All right. Terry, I know it's your old team. Um, you, you know <laughs> what they're all about. You know the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brian mm-hmm. Wiggins, obviously very, very crafty uh uh, coach, he's been here two, uh, two times in our podcast, so he obviously understands what Maha is all about. So it's a very, a very competitive matchup, and they've met in season two, so it's kind of a third. I think it's the third time around for them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I won't uh, be too verbose about this one because this is my former team, and I don't, I don't exactly root for them. Um, but I will say that I think Houston will win this game uh, by a, by a small margin. Like you guys have said, I think they're well coached. Um, they have they have some good athletes. 
Mile High played them in Houston earlier this year. I think the score was 18 to 14. Um, but I know mm-hmm. that Houston has some pretty strong feelings about some missed opportunities in that game. And so I, I look for them to remedy that this Saturday. And I'll be there in person, so I'll try to send you guys updates. Perfect. Nice. Awesome. Appreciate that. Um, Mark, uh, Carolina, Cap City. Uh, Cap City is uh, literally what Derby was last year. Surprising, right? A good win at the end. Now they show up here. Carolina hasn't been here in a while. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting matchup. Yeah, and I, I'm going to roll with uh, Capital City. I, I've been very impressed with um, the way Carolina has played this year. You know, I mean, historically, you know, they've always been kind of on the map um, for a long time. And, uh, you know, they they won an, an IWFL title uh, at one point, always been very competitive. Um, and then they kind of fell off for a few years. So it's really great to see them back and playing at a high level um, here in Division Three. However, I'm going to stick with the Capital City Savages, who were my early picks um, at the beginning of the season. So I'm just going to we'll keep rolling with them. All right, I'm going with Capital City. I think they, they get a, an edge here, um, and hopefully they, they can make it happen. Uh, Terry, what, do you, what are your perspective here? I'm thinking Capital City. I'm looking at the the um, schedule right now. Looks like, yeah, yeah. I would give Capital City the edge. Looks like they both had solid seasons. One team has one loss, other team has two losses. Um, but it looks like, based on the box scores, that uh, Capital City is playing a little bit cleaner football. And so I'm gonna go with him. All right. So we got a D3 right there. The last one is Arizona OKC. Uh, Mark, we know what Arizona is all about. And uh, we know they're frustrated because they couldn't, you know, get over the hump in, in the final. Uh, we know what OKC has brought to the table the last two seasons. Uh, this Lady Force team is high scoring. It's, uh, we thought the Pioneers were going to be high scoring. <laughs> so I hope they don't let us down in terms of this matchup. But uh, both teams are pretty much uh, offensively pretty stout. Yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't be very surprised to see, you know, more than like 60 or 70 points scored in this game um, at the end, uh, just because uh, both of these teams can really put points up on the board. Uh, so it should be a very exciting game. Um, I, I do feel like, you know, uh, Oklahoma City's defense is is a little bit more stout than uh, Arizona's. So So I'm going to give Oklahoma City the edge. I'm with you on that. That's the one key metric that I was looking at, too. So I'm going with the Lady Force. Yeah. Terry? Yeah, so I'm going to go Arizona on this one. Um, I okay. I understand that defense wins championships, but um, if you look at Arizona's box scores, I mean, the points they put up this, this year are crazy. You know, they put up 52 in the first game, 36. Uh, 42, they played Kelly War, is, is what it is, and 35 and 40. I mean, that's serious. Like, you know, they're putting up points in bunches. And uh, Oklahoma City is undefeated, which is no small feat, but they have not scored in bunches like that. And so I'm not sure if they can. And so I think, you know, defense wins championships, but that Arizona offense is serious. And so I'm going to give Arizona the edge. All right. So you're taking Arizona. Me and Mark are taking OKC. 
Uh, we're all taking Capital City, uh, Derby for me and Mark, Baltimore for you, uh, Houston mm-hmm. all in unison with all of us. So on the pro level, uh, Terry, let's start with you. Can Pittsburgh and this young quarterback rise to the occasion and take down this juggernaut that is the Boston Renegades? No, sir. <laughs> I mean, Mark, I know you're not picking against the Renegades. <laughs> yeah, Boston, Boston. <laughs> Yeah, that would be uh, uh, Mark? It, it. You know, it's going to be a tall order. Um, you know, <laughs> Boston faced Pittsburgh earlier. Um, it wasn't close. Although I will say, I feel like Pittsburgh uh, played pretty well. Certainly in comparison to some of the other teams Boston faced. You know, I, I think I definitely think they deserve to be in this um, conference championship game um, based on their their play. Um, but I don't think they're going to win this game. This is a young team, uh, very promising future for them too in this in this pro division. Yeah. But I am going with the uh, international backfield, <laughs> and I think that's going to be the difference. So I just think that's just boils down. Even if you don't throw a ball once, <laughs> that international backfield is going to kill you over over four quarters. So just the the way it is. Um, so um, Terry, uh, Minnesota. Downs Nevada. I uh, really wanted Nevada to win and take take you know take the take the win, but uh, unfortunately yep. it did not happen. Uh, Minnesota obviously has it on their mind. They got no Cooper this time around, and they're able to you know compensate for that with Barber and Hawes. So they're taking mm-hmm. on Cali. Cali did take down Arlington, and Wiggins was the difference. So they're traveling to Minnesota. Uh, this is a, this is a huge uh, matchup for both teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, shout out to Minnesota's coaching staff uh, for them not to have their, you know, premier running back and still pull off a playoff win over Nevada Storm um, is really impressive to me, especially as a coach. And so, huge shout out to them. This game against Cali, I think, it, it, you know, <laughs> we're kind of repeating ourselves as far as you know whether Wiggins is playing or not is a huge factor. Um, if Wiggins is making the trip, which she should be um, for the Western Finals. Then, uh, man, it's really tough. It's kind of a coin toss. If she's not making the trip, it's easy. It's Minnesota's going to win. Um, but if, let's let's assume that she is making the trip. I would say have to give Can the edge to Callians. Yeah, yeah. I think, man, that's tough. Um, Sorry, I should have been more prepared for this one. It's like it's tough, man. It's like a coin toss. You know what I mean? I could see it going either way. Sure. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be close. Yeah. I literally think like it's. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won by you know two points or vice versa. And so, um, I guess just for the sake of having our little um, competition of being right, uh, I'll go with (laughs) Minnesota just because they have home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, Mark, this is tough. I mean, you're coming in from uh, Cali, you're uh, a team here. Uh, I know uh, Coach King knows what they're all about. But if you're Minnesota, you get one more shot at Boston. I, I, I know they got to be thinking that. You get one more shot mm-hmm. at Boston. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to think that at the beginning of the season, you know, Minnesota was focused on reaching the championship again. And, you know, that's still their goal. 
the path that they are taking might have turned out quite different from what they thought it was going to be. But they're now here in this in this conference championship game. Um, of course, by the same token, you know the Cali War uh, was there a couple years ago, and they, and they're looking to get back. And you know they have a lot of young talent uh, on, on Cali. And are are they ready to 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 get in that championship game? Again, you know, as Terry said, and as we've been saying all along, um, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, Wiggins' performance uh, at quarterback. Um, you know, yeah, it, sometimes they can be unstoppable throwing the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And it, if that happens, it's going to be really hard for uh, Minnesota, I think, to keep up keep offensively. Up. That being yep. said, you know, uh, the Cali War did not, you know, do a ton of throwing in their victory against Arlington. They actually ran the ball very, very effectively. And, and that worked out in their game plan of just kind of like controlling uh, the ball and the clock. Um, so <laughs> they've shown that they can win a couple different ways, which is, which is kind of scary, I think, if, if you're Minnesota. You, you're not really quite sure. Uh, the best way to prepare defensively. I you yeah, know, I, I kind of have the point. Yeah. I think that's the point you're making right there. It's like which which Cali are we getting? We're going to get right based on uh, what Minnesota is going to give them. Can uh, in Terry? Do you think Minnesota can just like you know control the game and play the game that they want to play um, without having to? be reactive to the Cali? Can can they control the game from the outset? I think it's possible. Um, I have a lot of confidence in Minnesota's coaching staff. They have a lot of good athletes, obviously. Um, them missing Cooper is huge, but they've already proven that they can do it without Cooper. I mean, they just beat yep. Nevada Storm in a big playoff showdown. So um, the fact that those those things are accurate means that I think they can – dictate the um the tempo but like you said if wiggins is on point and those receivers are humming good luck you know what i mean because it's coming at you fast and in, in, in a hurry so um you know i could see i could see it going either way i could see either cali just showing up like gangbusters and passing all over the field and um you know just say, saying okay try to try to like keep the keep the score back and forth with us, try to score, you know, with us as much as we are. Um, but also I could see Minnesota having a great game plan and coming out and executing that um, to a T and keeping this game close and edging them out. So um, it'll be interesting to yeah, see which one plays out. I agree. I think it's a really big game for the, the Minnesota defense. Uh, yeah. They can yeah. have a huge impact yeah. on this game. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. That's a, that's going to be a big key right there. Um, but I mean, firepower-wise, uh, um, you know, Kelly can 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 swing it too. Um, you got Wiggins, obviously, Haas, and um, what did we talk about? Barber, Haas, and Barber was uh, pretty much the key against Nevada. So, yeah. um, to Perry, uh, to Terry's point, you know, they did they did uh, compensate for not having Cooper. So that's that's mm-hmm. something to also worry about if you're Cali, because you know your best player wasn't available and you still win. So it, interesting, and yeah. then they have home field advantage on top of all that. And and you know that that stadium gets packed. 
I mean, they got really good support on the Vixen side. Yeah, home home field advantage could be a really big thing. All right, Terry. Um, I don't know uh, what are you taking Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota, and and it looks like uh, Mark's taking Minnesota. So are we all in unison in Minnesota? Yeah, I'm taking Minnesota, um, and I also want to change a previous pick because uh, sure, Oscar, do you do you write these down? I, uh, I wrote most of them down already. Okay, <laughs> so I'm changing to Derby City. Um, as we were talking, okay. I was looking over Baltimore versus Derby City, and they actually have a lot of common opponents. And based on those common opponents, it looks like Derby City's uh, touchdown are, are two better than Baltimore on yeah. paper. And so, since they're playing at home, that's enough for me to sway my vote. Don't worry. I mean, nobody's listening to us week to week, so you're fair. Nobody's going <laughs> to yeah, Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We're just three old guys talking to each other. It's fine. <laughs> no, nobody's going to jump on you on the group board. <laughs> for, yeah. We're not yeah, taking that yeah. team. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we're big boys. We can take it, right, Mark? We're good. That's, We've taken black guys before. We're no good. problemo. No problemo. All right. Um, so the round two matchups, interesting. Uh, Minnesota-Boston. Uh, this is this is a, a, kind of like a nice rematch in a way, uh, and also because Minnesota really would love to get it, you know, a, a win against Boston. But uh, I don't know any other way to say it week to week, but it's just uh, – Terry, Boston is just scary. That's just the word now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a different animal, man. Uh, in my opinion, uh, they're the best team in the nation, and I don't, I don't yep. really care how Texas Elite Spartans feels about me saying that, but um, I think they're the best team in the nation. They're a different animal. Um, you can't simulate them in practice. They're very they're very well coached. Um, they have, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. They have, like you said, two awesome running backs from out of the country. And they're just, I mean, Hall of Fame receiver just broke a record. I mean, the list goes on and on. Boston's just a, a different monster. So um, it would be nice for Minnesota to get another shot at them. I think, um, you know, San Diego Rebellion, coach talked to me about them playing Texas last year and how that was a different experience for them. And they kind of were shell-shocked and, you know, got caught looking in the lights. Um, and they wanted to have another crack at Texas. So I think that there's probably similar feelings from Minnesota towards Boston. Um, getting a sh- yeah. shot at Boston, but unfortunately, you can have a, a like a full heart ready to play your your heart out, but um, sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes the other team is just too good and too well coached, and it's just you know it is what it is. So um, I think that's the case, unfortunately, for Minnesota. Well, I should well, say that it might be challenging. Revere, Revere <laughs> is probably loving this team right now because I mean. This is this, this is probably one of the elite teams in terms of the sport globally, and in terms of the WFA, they are basically the brand. I mean, if, when you talk about the, you know the franchise, the franchise. So I guess we can just quote it now. Tell tell Molly tell Molly Goodwin to quote it now. The franchise. Just put a T-shirt out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know I I certainly think that. Um... You know, as someone who, who, who works in the organization that, um, you know, Molly definitely stresses um, the importance of trying to be, you know, a, uh, an example team, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we try and do everything right, not just on the field, but like in everything we do. Um, yeah. 
whether that's, you know, uh, pursuing sponsorships, uh, communicating on our website, uh, reaching out through, through media, and just networking and, and just trying to um, find ways to, to grow the team. Because if we find ways to grow the team, then other teams can see ways that they can grow their team. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and other teams have done that, you know. Uh, there are, you know, I mean, we, ju- we just talked about, you know, with Thelma about her team. And, you know, she's been working very hard at, at creating, you know, creating an atmosphere um, that's conducive to winning and into getting, you know, people excited. And it's not easy, you know. Um, you know, she attests to that, uh, that it is a struggle. And, um, you know, I, I certainly feel like, um, you know, winning helps, right? Um, but it's not always about winning when it comes to, to building a brand that is recognizable, you know, a lot of the time you just you got to say the same thing a hundred times before someone will hear it once, and that's kind sure. of what it's like in women's tackle football. You've got to tell your story constantly, and mm-hmm. um, eventually it gets you know people start picking it up and start understanding what you're talking about, and um, so um, not to go off on a, a, a big <laughs> tangent, but it, that's certainly well. important. You know, certainly important. Uh, to the no, I mean, transition, transition at, in Boston has been hard, you know, Molly taking over, the owner leaving, you know, uh, you'd have to restructure your business model. There's just a lot of, mm-hmm. things, you know, and shout out to her and everybody that volunteers, shout out to her and everybody that obviously supports her and putting this, uh, you know, this great team and a good scope uh, as well. Um, speaking of that, Amanda Ruler out of Canada uh Gets to get the internship in Seattle, so that's pretty cool. Kind of like what uh, how Jennifer yeah. King and Callie Brunson got started. So that was pretty cool news this week. Absolutely, it was very good to hear. Um, you know, it, it's becoming uh, something you hear kind of regular. So that's nice. Yep, and she deserves it too. I mean, she's uh, she was in Team Canada, 2017 silver medalist. Um, she worked her butt off in Saskatchewan. Uh, with the CFL, so it's like she's put in the work and, and the time. So uh, you know, shout out to Amanda Ruler for uh, you know hooking up with Seattle. Um, the nine cup people, uh, all the events, everything, the information is at the hub. That's where you want to be. The best network on the planet exists at the hub. So get to the hub, bub, as Mark would say, and that's all you need to do. Che- you know, check it out. Um, Mark, uh, this this nine cup matchup, it's uh, it's got a lot of. Uh, historic things, right? Spartans looking for back-to-back championship. Uh, the Utah Falcons looking to defeat three undefeated teams to a title win. This is, a, this is huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that would be, his, you know, history in the making. Um, you know, and I'm not sure that any team has, you know, won a championship, a major championship, in women's football with three losses on their, on their um, win loss record. So, um, you know, uh, there, there seems to be, you know, something big brewing for, for this game. And, um, 
it's it, we can't miss it, right? We got to watch it. Everybody, I'm not going to miss it. it. It's on fire. Um, <laughs> uh, Terry, you saw firsthand Utah. You saw them take take, take your team down. Um, what do you think Utah needs to do to win against this Texas team? Well, first of all, Oscar, it's too soon. Okay, it's too soon to ask too you that soon. question. Uh, Only like a year. It's, good. it's still fresh, okay? The, uh, the the wound is still open, so you're a son of a gun for asking me that. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Um, I just threw a little salt. A little salt. That's all it was. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, the way we lost to Utah is, is tough to swallow. I feel like we had a sure. coaching error at the end of the first half where we, we could have spiked the ball and, you know, calmly kicked a field goal to, to, to get those points and – if that happened, probably would win 17-14 in regulation. We did not do that. Um, we, so that was a coaching error there. We turned the ball over too many times, um, given too many opportunities, so we lost. Well, that brings us to reality. Reality is the 3-3 three and three Utah Falcons are going to be representing the West versus the almighty Texas Elite Spartans. Um, what can Utah do? There's two ways to look at this, okay? There's two ways to look at Texas Elite Spartans. The first way to look at them is that they are a beatable team, which was proven by their 21 to 20 defeat of the Alabama fire. The other way to look at them is that they're a juggernaut of a team, top three in the nation um, behind obviously Boston. Um, And the only reason that that game was close is because they sat some players and they didn't really, you know, take Alabama seriously. And when they are taking people seriously and they have all their players, um, it's not it's not close, just like it was with Atlanta. So, depending on which which, uh, <laughs> however you look at it, um, if you look at it from the first the first uh, viewpoint, then Utah has a really good shot at winning. Utah runs a unique offense; it's hard to prepare for. Um, triple option. Good old Coach Rasmussen uh, drew up some stuff in the sand for, to beat my uh, Denver Bandits. And had some running back passes and. Stuff like fun stuff like that, and so I expect there to be some some tricks up his sleeve for this game as well. Um, but as we alluded to in the in the uh, the podcast chat, you got to beat their starters. So you can say whatever you want to say about their backups or you know the upcoming generations of Texas players, but their starters are still really good. They still have a whole bunch of experience, and um, if you can't beat them, you can't win the game. And so I think. Unfortunately, I think Texas will win this game decisively. I really hope I'm wrong. Um, if there's ever, ever a game that I was rooting for Utah, it's this one. And so, that's much two cents. Mark, uh, Utah, triple option. Uh, Magana has to be the key here. Uh, Custis mm-hmm. and company, they got to, like, rattle uh, Bushman, uh, you know, as, as much as possible here. So, if they play their game to a precision, uh, they will have a shot, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know that that there's a shot, but but they do have to play the best game of their life to to get it yeah. done. I think um, the def- the defense has been very good, um, but they have to even bring it up another notch than than what they showed in these past two playoff games. Um, yep. You know, they really that defense has to really perform at a very high level. And when we talked about the triple option on offense. Um, and, you know, we talked about this in in, um, in the podcast chat as well, that 
you know, for the triple option to really be effective, like every single person has to do their job just right. You know, yep. all the assignments on the O-line, you know, uh, the running backs need to know where they're supposed to run, and the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, needs to be on, on top of the play and um, execute. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly every offense needs everybody to do their job, but I, I think for the triple option, uh, it, it's just it's it's extra, right? It, it depends yeah. so much more on everybody being in sync. And, you know, we've seen that, that Utah can be in sync. Um, uh, and, and when they are, they are tough to beat. So they're really going to need to do that, and they're going to need, again, they're going to need to have the best game of their of their uh, year, if not their you know entire life, um, in this game against Dallas or to, against Texas. Terry, uh, before we go, so you're taking elite at this point, or are you taking yes. uh, the, you're taking uh, based, Texas? Okay. Based uh, on the fact that I that I like to be correct, I'm taking Texas. Sure. Okay. Um, Mark, we're we're taking elite as well. I am. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with the homer. I'm going to go with Custis and company. I think they can pull the upset. Holly, don't let me down. That's all I got to say. Don't let me down, Holly. Make make me right next week. But uh, I think it's going to take a lot. To your point, I think it's going to be precision offensively. uh, Gallica really has to uh, step up her game. Uh, offensively, uh, Jamison and Magana are going to have to play their, their hearts out. And then defensively, Tella, Custis, all them, they're going to they're gonna have to rattle Bushman. So I'm going to be the odd man out. I will take uh, the support for the for Holly Custis and company. So Texas, on your side, I'll take I'll take the Cinderella story and see if it can come true or not. So we'll go from there. <laughs> let's bring in uh, let's bring in. Uh, are you guys going to hang out, uh, Mark? We're going to be talking X League with uh, Nate. Uh, or Terry, if you guys can hang out, or yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip out. But the last thing I want to say is, don't okay. overlook number 20 for Utah. She came in sure. in um, she plays fullback. She came in That's when Jamison uh, got hurt. Um, what's her name? Hannah Macassini. Macassini. Yeah. Yeah. Something very close to that. And she is yep. a handful. Let me tell you, <laughs> like she's a bowling yep. ball. So I I would not want to tackle her myself. And so. Um, Texas, I mean, Texas is big and strong, and they hit hard. So we'll see how that goes. But don't sleep on her. I think she's she's uh, she's somebody we we weren't really prepared for, to be honest. So all right. I'll talk to you guys so soon. Hannah I appreciate, appreciate it. could be the secret weapon uh, per Terry's That's what I'm here. Saying. So That's what I'm here. hot take. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll see you guys. Bye, Terry. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Bye, Terry. You too. All right. Mark is sticking out, or you're or also leaving out. I'm uh, hey going to stick Mark? around and uh, and say hello Perfect. to our our friend. Perfect. Let's uh, bring in Nate Ward into the house. Nate, we missed you. It's been a while. What have you been doing out oh, in the woods fe- in Northwest? Oh, fellas, I've been I've been doing well, busy but well. I <clears throat> I'm glad to be back on. Glad to have a a voice back on the air and uh, you know. Ex- Excited to talk some football. It's been a little quiet for me the last couple of weeks, so glad to be back in the conversation. You got to quit yelling at those Seattle Mariner games. That's what's going on with you right now. Got to quit yelling. At them. <laughs> I gave up on them a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Seattle Thunder. 
let's just go into this uh, game. Uh, let's go uh, week three first. Seattle Thunder uh, taking on Denver. Rush, uh, Bree Quintana, uh, KK Matheny, uh, and also Mackenzie Tolliver, of all people. Seattle Majestics, yes. uh, former Seattle Majestics and 2017 uh, IFAB World Champion uh, Mackenzie Tolliver is going to be starting for the um, the uh, Seattle Thunder. So shout out to her and our no joke football athlete there, Mackenzie Tolliver. Yes, huge shout out to her. I'm I'm excited to see her out there in sort of a a different environment. Yeah, you know, I said it before, uh, arena, and we know this from you know seeing the the IWFA and the the others try to do. Uh, indoor football arena is a whole different cat, so it'll be nice to see her in a different environment and see how she thrives. But um, no, it should be a good matchup. Um, I've heard you know a lot of great stuff coming out of Denver's camp. I think this particular iteration of uh, Denver women's indoor football is going to be a lot more crisp, a lot more clean than um, than than the past. The, the the coaching staff has really come into this with the mindset of. We, we've never had a winning team in Denver in, in any shape or form. So our, our mindset is we're going to, you know, nose to the grindstone, do whatever we can to, to feel the best team possible, and they've been looking out for each other. So I, I'm not going to, you know, usually I would expect the, the, the Thunder, especially with Chris Michelson being back, and like you mentioned, KK and a few others, you know, key players coming back from that, that missed squad. Usually I'd say it's a runaway, but with – with everything I've been seeing in every video I've watched, this is going to be a very, very good game. It should be interesting to see how Denver really showcased. I'm kind of interested to see what Quintana and company bring to the table. Um, Mark, we just talked to Lindsay Cash here in the first hour. Uh, I mean, Mark, uh, Nate, we, we talked to Lindsay Cash in the first uh, in the first hour, um, and she mentioned obviously you know heartbreak loss against Austin, but Austin really mm-hmm. looked really dialed. Cassandra Bills, Chris Daniels, you know Garza. I mean, uh, Gonzalez, I mean, man, we just named off the all-star team. And then they had to put in their third-string quarterback in the last, what, the last quarter. So, uh, I mean, they look mm-hmm. probably uh, as, as uh, you know, as the season started, which is the number one ranked team, I think they look even better than Chicago week one. They definitely looked a lot better than uh, Chicago. And I, I'm, um, I can't remember if they faced each other on the schedule, not have to double check, but I hope they do. Cause that'd be a great matchup. Um, but, uh, you know, Austin got their number one ranking for a reason. You know, uh, Coach Alvera coming, coming over from LFL and um, bringing the mindset that he had that got them uh, close to the Legends Cup to begin with. Um, you know, and having Michelle Angel back there on the front line with Cassandra and then, you know, Mandy Pena, Cindy English, uh, you know, it, it just – there was not a bad piece to the puzzle in my eyes. And, you know, I, I, I shared my prediction with you, and it ended up being a, a lot wider than even I imagined. Um, but that's that's all to the fact that those girls um, spend a lot of quality time together. That's not just in practice. That's outside as well, you know, reading their playbooks and going over things. And they just – they overpowered L.A. I mean, it was as simple as that, and that was obvious from the first quarter was this team was ready to play and LA still has still has work to do and they have only one other game to, to, to do that if they want any any chance to, to have a, a silver lining in this season. Uh Nate, the first game, uh I'm not surprised that it was very close. I was more surprised that um the quarterback for Chicago played a, a tremendous good game. 
But uh, overall, you know, facing the Empire, they're pretty stout. They got some pretty good weapons, Salazar and company. So it was a really entertaining game. Uh, I think the X League really, really needed that game. So, you know, for Mitchell and company, yeah, that was kind of like you had to make up something really quick, <laughs> which I think the, uh, to Lindsay's uh, – uh, point. I guess they're going to play. They're going to play as Kansas City against uh, Arizona in July. So uh, I mean, if you're if you're the X League, uh, the first game was really impressive. Not so much for the week two, but week one was really uh, intense matchup. Any any time you go into a first game, you, you have to have mindset on putting out the best. And I I, I know we. I know it was a bit frustrating to hear right from the get-go, oh, Kansas City doesn't have enough players, so it's going to be, you know, Atlanta in, in sheep's clothing. But um, for Raymond to, to to come out like she did, you you need to make an impression early, and you need to make it quick and often if you're going to make it in any league. And I, I uh, to, to go from basketball to football and put on the display that she did was something else. Um, you know, uh, I, I think my highlight for me was uh, it was early in the third quarter. It was a 30-yard pass to Mika Robinson. It was just beautiful. Um, so to have the impact that she did and then for the game to go to overtime, the first game out of the gate to go to overtime and show, you know, what we've been expecting, what we've been hoping was good, high-caliber football and a total departure from everything we knew about legends, it, I – it had me excited, and I, and I hope the, the, the fans step up and take notice, and I hope these girls get the recognition that they deserve. It won't be easy still having, you know, that little shadow behind them, but, you know, we got Mike Dick and Sam Gordon involved as well. So, you know, I think for Mitch and crew, I, I definitely think the first game out was probably the – it'll be the staple game of the season, the highlight game of the season because just was so important. Everybody shined, and, you know, like I said, overtime, can't ask for better. Well, it would be Denver, Denver, Seattle to kind of like maybe rebound from week the week two um, route. Hopefully, that they're going to play a better game and a more of a closer game. That so is we'll, true. we'll see if that, that happens. That is true. Yeah, we'll see how they turn out. Uh, Fan pass about seventy bucks, I think it is sixty nine. You get free two free tickets to any game. So you go uh, contact, uh, I believe uh, the X League, uh, contact at ext uh, tfl football. Go to the X League site there, um, Mark. Um, Totally forgot here. Have you watched any X League games at all, or have you kept tabs on I anything like that? I know we're doing live streams. Nope. I, I rely on uh, you and Nate to let me know what's going on. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, it's pretty Perfect. exciting. I mean, the first game was very competitive, uh, real close. I think 40 to 34 was the score. It was in overtime, so it was really good, uh, good ball. This past week, obviously, it was more of a blowout. As we talked to Lindsay Cash, she was kind of disappointed. But looking forward to this next week. Um, so before I go, uh, before we go, guys, totally forgot, we have one championship besides the nine cup that's coming up this weekend, and that's the WWCFL championship. So, Mark, uh, we all know what Saskatoon's all about. They're, they're almost equal to Boston in terms of the Canada realm. Uh, but this Manitoba team, it's homegrown from the Manitoba Girls Football League. All the roster is literally from alumni. Oh, man, that would be a story, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Manitoba really pulled off a very big uh, victory in the semifinals there um, with a 15-6 um, win over the Calgary Rage, who, uh, you know, uh, we know that they're a quality team. 
And um, so that was definitely a, a huge win. And um, so to be going in the championship with, as you put it, you know, a homegrown team, that's uh, quite a milestone and certainly uh, something to be proud of. And uh, we know that um, they're not going to settle for that. Um, we, so we, we have a championship game to be played. And Saskatoon is the, uh, the you know, the, the, the brand, the franchise in Canada. So, Nate, I mean, if you're Manitoba, you got nothing to lose. But if you do win, what a huge upset in a moment for that program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you know, it's, it's kind of hand in hand. You've got nothing to lose. But if you win, I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, so, I, I mean, what more can be said, honestly, for, for, for that game? It's, you know, Manitoba all the way. It's a, I, I think the underdog, everyone's kind of rooting. Yeah. I mean, even though Manitoba's, uh, you know, a clear underdog, I think just, you know, given Saskatoon's um, reputation and being undefeated, uh, the fearless have actually scored, you know, more points this season than Saskatoon has. Um, yep. Uh, they've also let up That's more points. Makes but it makes, for, it makes for an interesting game, you know. It's uh, – you know, I, I don't think we can write off um, uh, Manitoba um, just yet. So it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, should get it streamed as far as I know. Uh, we still haven't have any details. But this weekend, uh, Women's Tackle Football North America, that's where you want to be. And at the Hub is where you want to be. The best network on the planet exists at the Hub. So WNFC Nine Cup Championship Weekend plus the WWCFL Final uh, so, uh, Mark, I'm giddy. Uh, Nate, I'm giddy. Popcorn ready. Let's let's do it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Looking forward right. to this weekend uh, for so sure. For the option, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, Holly Custis, good luck this weekend right. in Texas. You'll get the win for us. Uh, looking mm-hmm. rooting for her and the Utah Falcons. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, for Coach Terry Lister as well. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a huge weekend. I'm just so excited right now. I just, I want to just be able to do, watch it tomorrow, <laughs> literally tomorrow. Right. Uh, WFA playoffs hey, uh, as well. Really, really quick uh, before we go, I don't know if you mentioned sure. it at the the top of the broadcast when I was late coming in, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Lily Granston and uh, Matthew Pike. Um, as many you know, Matt was a integral part of the Chicago Blisses uh, coaching staff, especially with the QBs and Lily one of the top players and uh, they got married not too long ago. And Matt was in an accident uh, last night on his way home from work. He's riding his bike and he's been in critical condition and surgery. So just thoughts and prayers out to, to both of them and their little one. They're oh, yeah, almost sure. one year old. Yeah, I know. So, um, Shout out. And like I said, in our podcast, Nate, uh, let's uh, reach out to Lily and see if we can do a GoFundMe or something. Cause obviously she eats a lot of work. So, uh, but uh, you know, shout out to uh, prayers, uh, prayers for Mike uh, Matt Pike, who was very instrumental in Jacinda Barkley's and Heather first career in terms of quarterbacks with Chicago Bliss. So, all right, guys, that's it. Uh, catch us next week, 4:31, as we get the results for the WFA Round Two. Uh, we'll see who will be the Nine Cup champion and also who will be the WWC champion next week. So, uh, don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify, and don't forget to follow us and share and like on all our platforms. Have a great night, everybody. 
Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.